Alright, um, hello, uh, welcome to another episode of A Writer's Rambling, hello class, um, I'm trying, I really am, and you can tell I'm really vibing with this whole idea of, like, this is my classroom and shit like that, I'm really, really loving this uh, whole idea, but, um, right now I'm trying to figure out exactly what I'm doing right next, okay, we did voices, I did want to go into an actual episode where we really talk about masculinity and femininity and stuff like that, but uh, I think I already, I kind of already talked about that three times, low key, and all three times I got into it, but I didn't get great into it. So yeah, I'm not gonna do that right now. Um, I think I talked about, yeah, I talked about themes and characters. Okay, so right now I'm just, like just keeping this little list. I'm running out of shit. <laughs> um. Um. Right now we're gonna be talking about character families. That's a good idea to talk about character families and family in general okay i think that's a good idea to talk about i think that that's something that like please note that you're you're probably gonna notice because your favorite tv shows have done it too they've done it and it's a weird thing it's a very very weird thing okay so yeah actually yeah that's gonna be that's today's episode that's what today's episode is gonna be about okay today's class i still i've been awake for hours and i never even put my glasses on okay jesus i'm sorry i just realize that now anyway today's episode of course is going to be about character families okay um and just families in general okay so that is of course going to be today's episode character families okay we're gonna and when i mention character families we're gonna be talking about practically the whole family and not really just an individual thing of like oh you know because family is such a weird thing in animation and stuff like that it's very weird and a lot of times families are just completely ignored but at the same time they're not ignored when it's live action tv shows and stuff like that it's it's very weird it's like you know it's like nobody does their own thing everybody's kind of picking up the idea of this other tv show and stuff like that and rarely these families are never really shown off in these ways just because it's easier okay so of course that's gonna be today's class all right today's class is going to be about character families so, um, yeah, I'm just going to count this as an intro. I haven't done an intro intro for a bit. So, yeah, let's just start off with the intro, all right? Anyway, sorry, I had to start the episode over because this... Anyway, um... Personally, okay, the reason I start the episode over was apparently my brother had just mentioned my actual name. I don't know, maybe you might already know my actual name because of some other blurt or uh, some other little thing that I just didn't really pay attention to. But, um, I would prefer that my name to most people be Omito Boy. That's personally my name that I go by a lot uh, in an online space. And even IRL, I go by Omito. But, you know, that's kind of like a random thing. The name Omito is such a weird name because I don't want to be one of those artists that puts their themselves into the story. My character Omito does have the name Omito. But, well, obviously he does have the name. <laughs> My character Omito has this name because that was going to be, originally it was going to be a placeholder. Originally Omito's name was going to be a placeholder for what I was really going to name him. You know, it was a Omito was just a nickname that I ended up going by for a long time, and a lot of people actually know me as Omito. Like they think that that's my real physical name. 
So, of course, Omizo was always just a random nickname and stuff like that that I basically kept as a name name and just, you know, as a thing. So, of course, Omizo was always just this, this thing. Now, the thing about that is, um, the thing about, um, Omito being a thing is I basically made it as a character. It's, it basically was a, a name for the character and then it just basically stuck. So it was like, all right, fine. But at the time I already wanted to be myself, Omito boy. I wanted me to be Omito, not the character, but it already stuck with the character and I, it already kind of stuck with me. So I was like, fuck. So Omito boy is me. Omito is the character. And the character is not me. I am nowhere similar to Omito. Omito is practically low-key. Omito has a lot of things that I want to be. And a lot of things I'm glad I'm not. Okay? So, of course, that's a lot. That's kind of the things about Omito. Okay? And that's, of course, another bit that we can talk probably more about when we go into the second episode of Artist to Artist. Okay? The last time I did it as Artist to Artist like T, uh, T-O-O, the next time I'm going to do it artist two, the number, T-W-O, two, artist, because I think that's cute, you know, I always like that idea of like when sequels do a number two, and they somehow incorporate two, something like that, so like, for example, Madagascar Escape to Africa, which I do love that title, I don't really love the movie all that much, it's not all that great, I personally like the third one more, than the fir- uh, than the second one, and I like the first one more than all of them, but still, you know, it's still like wow. You know, I do like the name. I do like it when TV when movies incorporate something, uh, you know, uh, two or one or three or whatever the hell into it and stuff like that. You know, it's it's cute. It's clever. It's cute. I like it. So anyway, back to my main thing. Um, uh, back to my thing. Um. So today's uh, today's class or today's episode is actually going to be about character families. Now, character families is something that is constantly ignored in TV shows and stuff like that. It's mainly ignored off the argument. It's mainly ignored because of the argument that it simplifies the number of characters for the cast. It simplifies the cast so that you d- the audience doesn't really need to spend a lot of time remembering. Oh, this character is this character or stuff like that. Or there's no point or purpose in this character won't have any plot in the story so they're just never really shown off in the story at all so of course that's something that's also a big annoyance to me okay a lot of times in cartoons and stuff like that a parent especially parents parent characters are never acknowledged at all they're constantly always erased or put somewhere else because it's just easier than having to actually have the character out there for the audience to see and interact with okay so a lot of times either the char- the adult parent characters are written out of the story because they're busy or the, the char- they're writing they're writing some random thing in the story so that the characters can't tell the adult characters what's going on or they're writing it so that the character themselves don't have any parents they they're an orphan or they're all on their own or their parents abandon them so of course that's another thing that basically helps keep the cast simple and make sure that the characters don't have to deal with this and it's very very annoying it's not annoying, but at the same time, it's also kind of a wasted opportunity. Personally, I think of it more as a wasted opportunity. But at the same time, this is coming from the perspective of an OC mom. An OC mom, if you don't know what that means, I think I explained this, but if you don't, then whatever. An OC mom basically means original character mom or original character mother. Most of the time, it's normally used as OC mother or OC mom. But what that basically means is that's just an internet slang that means 
the person in question is known for creating a lot of original characters. That's me. I create a lot of original characters. Okay, my story has a massive amount of original characters, but it's mainly with the uh, with the intention of creating a world. I'm not um, creating all these because uh, most of the time, most OC moms just create OCs just for the sake of it because they like these characters and stuff like that, and then they have just large amount of OCs. That's fine. You know, that's you know, if you have more than like, because most people who create, oh, you know. Personally, this is another thing that's also a little weird. Um, personally, I treat everybody that has an original character as a story, as a, or as an artist, or writer, or author of some kind of way. You know, personally, I think everybody can create their own original character, and then anybody can create their own story and stuff like that. I would love to be able to have more people be authors and create these kinds of stories and stuff like that, and make it so that you can have this entire world to show off to the rest of the world and stuff like that. You know, personally. But of course, you know, OC moms and stuff like that, they're mainly known for creating more than five original characters. So more than five, and then it basically, and even five kind of seems like much. <laughs> that is like a lot of different characters and stuff like that. So I'm an OC mom because I have 20 plus characters. And I know and 20 is only the number of characters who have a physical design drawn out now. It's probably more in the 60s and 50s amount of characters that I have okay and that's all characters that I have in my mind okay so the number of characters is probably in the 60s and 50s but at the same time though these are all characters that actually have something to do okay so as I originally was saying with parent characters or with family character families the rarest that you'll ever get for a character family the most likely you'll ever get is probably a sibling and maybe a mom and dad but most likely the sibling will have something to do with the story and the mom and dad will have nothing to do with the story. Or if you're lucky, you might get a grandparent. But the grandparents are like, um, uh, the grandparents are like, um, just never really, uh, you know, never really acknowledge unless it's for something convenient. Because that's another thing too. Okay, the one thing that I always hated, and I know for a fact I mentioned this in a different episode, I hate the characters, this is the random trope that they do in anime a lot, where they'll introduce a brand new character, the main anime crew has to help the character, and then when they do, then they have to go on with their adventure, and then there's always this weird little thing where the character basically says, oh, maybe we'll meet again someday, knowing damn well the author, uh, knowing damn well that the, the the they're never intending on bringing this character back, and the only time that I've ever seen it, where they actually did bring this character back, is Bleach, where they brought back the little um, uh, bird. They brought back the little bird in Bleach. Which was actually like, holy shit, that was actually great. I want to see more. I think if they did that, then I'm pretty sure that they also did that again with more times or more characters and things like that. But still, it's very, very annoying. So, um, that's something that really, really bugs me. That's a wasted opportunity. It's a waste of time to create a brand new character just for this one single episode. And then that's it. The character physically never exists again. Okay? So that's something that bothers the shit out of me. And it also bothers me when TV shows do that, and then the character that they create for the side adventure is so interesting that you would want to see more of this character. So not only do you, uh, not only do you want to see more of them, but you don't want them to just disappear. You want to see what's going on on their side of the story as well, and you want entire episodes dedicated to what this character is physically doing. Example, Koga from Inuyasha. Yes, we do get a bunch of content with Koga, but at the same time, him and his crew are so interesting that you want to see more more episodes or an entire episode dedicated to what the hell Koga is doing at the time. And you also want to see the same thing for Sashomaru, and you also want to say the same thing for uh, 
that boy with the chain sight. Okay, you want to see what's going on with these characters because their lives are so interesting that you want to figure out what's going on. With that boy with the chain scythe, I wanted to know what was going on with the lady with the fan. I also wanted to know what was going on with the other dude, uh, the, the big bad guy. I forgot his name. I haven't, one, I haven't watched that show in a long time. And two, I was also always bad with names. So, you know, that's the, that's that. So, um, that's the thing about these things of like, oh my God, you know, uh, that's the thing about these episodes that bothers the shit out of me, you know? So the thing about it is I don't like these kinds of characters that are just being completely erased and stuff like that. So the characters just never really acknowledge it. And most of the time, these adult characters, most of the time when it's adults, because for some weird reason in animation, adults are boring. Adults are boring and they'll never be helpful to the plot or can add anything to the plot without being a waste of time or inconvenience or just... Uh, uh, just some, uh, just a negative perspective or something like that, which is weird as shit, and I can't stand it. It's the same thing that they do with elderly characters. They never do anything good with elderly characters, and elderly characters are always boring as shit, or they're uh, whiny, they're complaining, they're fussing for no reason, they're annoying. It's like, oh my god, you know? So, this this. So in my story specifically, the, the, or not really, not focused on... We'll move on to my story in a bit. But one thing that's personally my favorite aesthetic, or not really my favorite aesthetic, but kind of my favorite aesthetic. My favorite thing about character families, and this is probably something that you all, we all love it too. It's very, it's very popular in, not, well, in anime, but also lots of TV shows as well. And that's, of course, a chosen family. Now, if you don't know what a chosen family is, technically it's an LGBT term. It basically means a family that the individual people, they chose to be part of this family. And, you know, it's a family that you make up yourself and stuff like that. So, of course, that's that. But that's not really a chosen family, okay? Or that is a chosen family, but it's not the same as a marriage. So if you're marrying your wife, you chose your wife and that's fine. But your children and your mother-in-law and your mother and all that stuff, that's not, you didn't choose these members of the family. You, in this case, you only chose one member of your family. But a chosen family is everybody chooses each other. Everybody has the ability to choose each other to be part of these families and things like that. And that's part of it. Okay, and it's not like, oh, I want you as my brother. No, 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 no. It's not like that. It's very much the same interactions between you. It's the interactions between your family members. So, of course, or uh, your quote, the members of this chosen family. So you meet a friend who, and, and remember, these titles in the fam- in chosen families are just made up titles. They're made up based on the, the way that the character physically interacts with the individuals. So one idea, of course, is the idea of, oh, this is, um, um, this is basically um, my brother. But this person is not really a brother, okay? They're not your brother. They're not related to you in any way, shape, or form. And you identify them as your little brother. Because that's another part of it that's part of Chosen Families as well, which is the titles of little or older, or little or big. Little and big are two things that also basically are part of the title system. And now, I'm, I'm basically breaking it down as if this, it's this whole thing. It's very informal. It's very just whatever. You're making up as you go along, but yeah. I'm basically sort of, in a sense, I'm sort of mansplaining it, which is really weird. I, I get it, but at the same time, no, not even mansplaining, I'm just scientifically explaining it. I'm explaining it more like a science rather than it actually is, because, you know, whatever. But of course, 
um, with the idea of um, the characters and stuff, uh, not the characters, with the idea of little and big, it just shows the interactions between them. So, for example, let's use, um, okay, Steven Universe. Steven Universe is actually a really good example of a chosen family. Lots of different TV shows that you probably love are also chosen families as well. Okay, for example, um, the Justice League, Young Justice, um, you know, lo- lots of different TV shows. Lots of TV shows do with the idea of these chosen family kind of things. It's super common. It's very common because it's adorable. And, you know, everybody has their own little families that we make up as our lives go on. Okay? So, of course, you know, um, there is, of course, the idea for specifically in... Um, Steven Universe. None of the characters are related to Steven, but they all identify themselves as siblings and family members to Steven because of the fact that they are a chosen family. Sorry, I had to close the door. So, of course, they all identify themselves as um, a family to Steven, but at the same time, these family members are not actually, you know, a thing, you know? Amethyst identifies herself as a, um, uh, Amethyst identifies herself as Steven's sister. But at the same time, it seems identifies Amethyst as an older sister kind of vibe, uh, energy with them. And that's kind of, not older sister, but kind of a sister kind of feeling. So of course, that's the weird thing about their aesthetics. There is no biological relationship between them. Okay, there's no biological relationship between them. It's all about um, how the characters interact with each other. How do the characters interact with each other and how do they perceive each other? So of course, in Chosen Family's IRL, you know, your brother or your little brother could be older than you. You can have someone, technically somebody who's actually physically older than you can be put as the title, can be under the title of a little brother. Because even though they're older than you, they act like they're your little brother. They're annoying, they're silly, they act like a little brother to you. So of course, fuck the age. The age of the person does not matter. The person in question can be old enough to be your parent, but if they act like a brother or an older brother to you more than they act like a parent, then you can identify them as a little brother or as an an older brother or just as a brother, you know? Now, of course, um, it doesn't really... Now, remember, as I said, the age does not matter. So if the individual, of course, is old enough to be your parent, they they can be anything, you know? It does not matter at all. So that's the weird thing about, um, you know, siblings and stuff like that. That's the weird thing about chosen families. Chosen families are completely different and basically just whatever title all of you want. Now, it's also a part. Now, another thing that's also a part of it is the fact that um, in chosen families and things like that, it's also part of that they also view you in the same way. So it's not just how you personally view them. It's also how they view you. Okay. Now, of course, in LGBT things and stuff like that, that's, of course, you know, a thing. But another part of it in the LGBT world is also houses and, of course, chosen families in uh, chosen houses and things like that. Now, if you want to find more information on this kind of stuff, then I would suggest you watch the show Pose. Pose is a great example of this because it, uh, it definitely shows the ballroom culture. But it mainly shows ballroom culture, but it also shows the other aspect that I'm mainly trying to focus on is the chosen families. Okay? Now... Another thing about Chosen Family specifically is that's, you know, something that we get a lot of times in TV shows. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. But another thing that's really annoying about parent characters is that they're never really written into the story. Lots of TV shows will do it in the way that SpongeBob SquarePants or Fairly Odd Parents did it. Okay? 
They'll do it in the, uh, these two ways. They'll make it so that the parent characters don't give a fuck about what's going on in the kid's life, or that it's some kind of secret that the kid has to keep from the parents. And that's, of course, very fucking common with lots of different animated TV shows and stuff like that. But it's mainly for kids, and I never really thought of it as a great idea or a great example for kids anyway, but still, it's always this random thing that the parent characters cannot know what's going on with the kid. It's such a weird idea. I don't get why it's such a popular thing with animated TV shows. As Kids in a, uh, Codename Kids Next Door did it, Ben 10 did it, lots of different TV shows all did it, you know? So, um, that's something that's like so very, very weird. It's very, very common with these kids shows and stuff like that, but I just never got it. I never got the idea that they have to be always kept a secret. So, the thing about that is, um, the thing about it that makes it so agitating to me is the fact that these parent characters are also the way that, uh, that, um, the way that Spongebob does it is that the characters are just out of the loop. That they're just off camera and that they're never really shown unless it's any, unless it's some kind of convenient plot thingy or something like that that basically makes it so that we can interact with these characters and stuff like that. And Spongebob also does the same thing when it comes to, um, uh, it also does the exact same thing when it comes to, um, uh, um, what was it? Um, the grandma character, yeah. I was, I don't know what the hell she was to, uh, to Spongebob. I forgot the word for it. But yeah, um, the grandma character. Okay? So, the grandma character specifically, the idea about her is that it's really, really agitating to have this kind of thing as well. Okay? Now, in the story, or not really in the story, but in the episodes and stuff like that, the thing about it is, the grandma character is basically this very, very, not boring character, but kind of this boring character, you know? The character, uh, she's kind of this really, really boring character that's just kind of this, you know, just this boring-ass character. It's just really weird. So, the thing about this is, the idea of all these different characters and stuff like that, with all these different things and just everything in general, in stories uh, and grandma characters, they're never really used unless it's for something for grandparents' day or something. Some random things for, to show some random lesson that the characters learn from their grandparents and stuff like that. And you already know how I feel about elderly characters that are just completely ignored or not ignored, but their elderly characters are just fuss and complain and just, you know, they're annoying and then they have some weird bit of wisdom that doesn't make sense to the character in the beginning of the story or the beginning of the episode. And then as the story or as the series continues, then they end up making sense and it's like, what? I don't get it. It's like very agitating as shit. But it's like, oh my God, you know? So that's of course a multiple different aspects of what annoys the shit out of me a lot of times when it comes to quote, family characters and shit. That's multiple different things that annoy the shit out of me when it comes to these kinds of things. So, as I said originally, with the idea of all these different characters, or not really with these characters, but as I originally said, with the idea of all these different things in stories, it bothers me because of the idea that these characters are just, you know, just never used. They're never really used to their full potential. And they're just there just to say that you have a parent character. Or, oh, this is how the character exists. They physically have parents. They didn't just pop up into this world and stuff. And it's just, oh my god. Okay, it's very, very annoying and agitating. Okay? Certain TV shows do it in a very good way with uh, TV shows like um, uh, Ben 10, kinda. They kinda went the route that I originally was 
you know, complaining about, but at the same time, they ended up changing it so that Grandpa Max now is aware of everything that's going on. I think that he was, he was basically aware of it from the beginning, but at the same time, that's just such a interesting thing about this character, and that's why it was like, oh my god, you know? Then, another aspect of it as well, sorry, another aspect of it as well that also makes it so very agitating is the fact of not only are these characters like these kinds of characters and stuff, but what also agitates the shit out of me is the fact that these characters in question are, you know, they have this thing where they're, it's a bond because they're family, you know, it's a bond, they all are bonded because they're family, it's part of their lives and stuff like that, so of course they'll do anything for family, but still, it's very, very, ugh, you know? Now, moving on, or not really, but sort of moving on, one thing about um, TV shows and stuff like that is that, once again, these families are never really used for anything. Craig of the Creek does family in the best way possible, where you see these characters for practically no reason. There's nothing at all that these characters are doing to have any good reason. There's no reason to show, uh, you know, there's no plot reason to show grandma, um, the grandpa, uncle, uh, uh, uncle Daryl or something. I think his name is Daryl. I think. What the fuck was his name? But whatever. There's no reason to show Bryson's family. And there's no reason to show grandma and grandpa. There's really no reason for these characters to be shown in the plot. They don't add anything to the plot, but that's what makes them so beautiful. They, uh, you know, you don't, uh, sometimes your family aren't going to add anything great to your story and stuff like that. They're not going to put you through some massive adventure and stuff like that. But at the same time, these family members are still there. They're still family members, you know? And that's why I like them. You see these characters randomly in different moments of the series just because, you know, they're randomly just moments in the, uh, they're randomly just put there in the series just because it's, you know, just to have fun, you know? So it's really weird. And there's also this idea that these characters specifically are never really shown to have any kind of family relations or not remorse, but sort of a missing of their families and things like that. It's very rare for sort of real family moments to be ever shown, you know? But the characters themselves are supposed to have all these random moments happen and they never really think about their family in all these other ways. It's really weird, okay? So this character is basically in the middle of like this massive um, uh, battle or something like that. Or they're miles and miles away from home. So they're miles away from home, but at the same time, for the entirety of the series, they de- they never miss home. They don't miss home, and they just don't really care. Okay, and that's such a weird concept. How is it possible that the characters have never actually, you know, they've been miles and miles away from home, but yet they've never actually, they're not missing their home, they don't care, whatever, whatever. You know, they're never homesick, they don't miss their mom, they don't miss their dad, they don't miss their siblings, nothing reminds them of home. You know, and the only times that it's ever really acknowledged is only when the character is in a situation where it's like, you know, it's specifically the entire focus of that episode, not just multiple smaller things as the character just, you know, as the series continues, okay? You, I get that there's it's this aesthetic that's like, oh, this is the day that it really, really, um, you know, that it really, really um, hits the character hard. Like, it's just, you know, you ever had those days where it's like, where something is really, really hitting you hard, you know? Where it's like everything, everywhere you look, something's reminding you of this thing, and like you can see similarities or uh, things that remind you of this thing just practically everywhere you look. 
that's part of the thing. That's, I get it. You know, that's what they're kind of aiming for. But at the same time, it's also still annoying as shit because it's just like, oh my god. You mean to tell me that the character never thought about his family until now? There's no sign that the character ever thought about his family at all until this individual episode. Okay, because that's, once again, I get that you're trying to focus the time of the episode on a plot, but at the same time, that could take literally less than two seconds. It could literally take a moment to show these kinds of moments. So in the time that you were focusing the character on a random, you know, war meeting and stuff like that, you could have the character having a bit of distraction, okay? A random bit of distraction or something like that. So of course, you know, randomly a character makes a hand gesture or a random side character, um, uh, a random side character clang- uh, drops something and clangs it on the ground and you can instantly use that and have the characters be reminded of their family right then and there. You know, the character, of course, hears the clanging of the metal and immediately reminds them of clanging pots and pans. And it's suddenly a quick flashback. A quick, uh, like, the character just has this random reaction. You know, the character just has this random reaction of, like, wow. Um, And then they snap out of it, and the audience has no idea what happened. Then as the episode continues, then maybe, you know, the episode stays exactly the same, but you added that little bit. Then when you do have that episode of, like, oh, the character is seriously thinking about their family. Then you can have it so the character mentions, oh, that time that, you know, I had the reaction, it reminded me of this thing that my mom did. One time she dropped a bunch of pots and pans, and, you know, the entire time she was just fumbling around trying to find the pot that she was looking for, and was cursing the entire time, mumbling and complaining that she lost it. It was her favorite pot or something, and she couldn't possibly believe where it was. And guess where it was? It was in the sink, and she was filling it up, but she completely forgot that she was filling that pot up. You know, some random things like that. Another example, one TV show that has done it in the way that I thought was like, oh my god, was Amphibia. Amphibia did it in the sense that, um, uh, I keep forgetting her name. I keep forgetting her name. What the fuck is her name? But the girl from Amphibia, um... Amphibia, let's see. Anne, that's what her name is. Anne. Anyway, but yeah. Um, Anne, throughout the entirety of the series, Anne continuously mentions back home and mentions her family and mentions all kinds of things about it and stuff like that. And when she mentions that she would give anything to hear her mother singing again, that's something that also is like, wow. It's, you know, it's basically setting the seeds of homesickness it's not just something that's only going to hit you one time it's sort of like a virus in a sense or like mold you know it gr- it grows and festers and grows as the time continues and eventually it's going to get to the point where the mold get or the roots or the mold or whatever kind of plant is strong enough that it's going to crack and break the rock that it's growing on and that's kind of the way that it is you're steady you're you're stone cold like a rock but as the mold continues and grows and grows, it's going to damage and eventually find the cracks and then make them bigger. Of course, you know, that's a really good metaphor for it. But still, you know, that's part of um, homesickness and things like that. And that's part of family. Now, another thing about it is um, a lot of times in animation and TV shows and stuff like that, a lot of TV shows never really do it in the sense that they, uh, the adult characters are aware or invested in the story. The adult characters are always completely oblivious or they're kept in the dark because they're not really expected to know what's going on, okay? And that's something that I really don't understand, okay? I really, really don't understand. A lot of times that these characters, 
never bother to really explain all the details or the parent characters never really bother to explain it either and i get it but at the same time it's it's always the same thing is the character the adult characters don't believe it until it's too late and then they're like holy shit holy shit this is what my kids are doing and then they're like freaking out in a bad way or they basically just are like um they're completely left in the dark the entire time and they never really believe it and stuff like that and of course i would basically blame things like um spider-man for it you know i would blame spider-man for this kind of aesthetic for characters and stuff like that because it's kind of, i personally don't like it you know it's fine it's it's kind of convenient and it does help for plot writing plots and stuff like that which is good but i personally don't really like it all that much in my personal in my own story all of the adult characters are aware of what's going on their kids are all old enough to make their own decisions on their own but they're but the characters are also telling their parents what they're doing they're telling their parents what they're doing and their parents are all aware of what's going on and the other characters that are doing this sort of, or any story that I would write, you know, I make it so that um, if I, I don't have any stories, unfortunately, where this would happen, but I would write it so that the characters are, you know, doing this other thing. There is one character, actually, there is one character who does not know what their child is doing. And when they find out, of course, you know, they have the same reaction. They go out of their way to try stopping the kid from doing it. But when they get there, however, uh, when they get there, however, it's like the more they're there, the more they're sort of, it's not even, they haven't even met their child yet. They're just going into the area. The child has, is a soldier. So when they get into the base, they're seeing everything around them. This isn't like some random thing. This is a whole thing. As the character is moving around, they're looking and seeing military machinery, soldiers training and doing, uh, you know, just uh, exercise and stuff like that. Um, soldiers moving out in different locations or moving cargo, moving vehicles coming around uh, the corner with cargo. And just it's just so official and it really looks like she's actually on a base. So of course, and of course the character is a girl, but the character continuously moves out through the base and they even hear talking of soldiers. They hear other soldiers mentioning the character's child, mentioning their name and mentioning that this character is a very, very high-ranking authority or they're mentioning them with some kind of authority to them. So of course, yeah. What's up? The oh. Can you tell which one? Anyway, back to my main point. Um, you know, with all of this specifically, with all the characters and stuff like that. Going back to everything. The characters in question with everything that happens in the series, the series of course shows, uh, in this moment, the series showed all these things that this character is doing and they're an amazing soldier and an amazing leader and all that. But the mother character is walking around and just realizing, oh wow, my child has done all of this stuff and I did not know. Mainly because, you know, I just, there was no way for them to contact me at the time, you know? So, of course, the character basically is just walking around and they're realizing all this stuff. And that they originally were heading into this for... They don't even understand why they were coming here. And when they meet the character, they explain... The character, of course, is like, oh my god, mom, what are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. They're, like, freaking out and they're like, oh my god, how can you possibly be here? This is dangerous. Blah, blah, blah. And they take the mom to the safer place. Finally, when they're asking their mother what they were doing here, the mother just shrugs and says, I don't even know what I'm doing here myself. And she explains that she heard of what was happening, 
But at the same time, when she got here, it would just it just clicked in her own mind. My child is no longer a child. My child is an adult and is making these decisions and to- uh, and joined on their own with they don't need my permission. I'm over here trying to take over my child's life and tell them, no, you can't possibly do this. You're coming home now. And they're realizing when they're here, they're realizing, you know, it just hit the, when they got to the front door of the base and they entered the base, that's when reality hit. So it's not that thing, you know, most of the time, most other writers and stuff like that, or most of the time, it would be done that the character sees all this stuff and this is just more fire. It's more wood to feel, it's more fuel for the fire, you know? I don't know what that saying is, but whatever. You know, it's just fueling the fire and as the character continuously moves through and stuff like that, they're getting more and more annoyed. It's bothering them more and more. And finally, when they get there, when they finally get to the character, they're flipping out, and basically the only time that they'll realize that their child is old enough to do their own thing is if they physically are put in danger and the child has to prove themselves right in front of their parent. And that's, you know, a lot of times, a lot of TV shows do that. Of course, Steven Universe went that way with, of course, Connie and Connie's mother. Okay? Um, I think her name is Priyanka. I think. I think her name is actually Priyanka. But yeah, Priyanka and uh, Connie had this whole moment where Connie had to prove herself directly in front of her mother in order for her mother to take her seriously. Now, this is something that I can acknowledge. Yes, you know, Connie is much younger than the characters in my story. But at the same time, it's also something that's like, you know, come on. Come on, Priyanka. Come on. You, you literally saw Alexandrite before, okay? You literally saw Alexandrite before, and you really think that you can... That's another thing that I can't stand about writing and stuff like that. I can't stand the idea that writers or characters and stuff like that will draw... Will write these characters as the most oblivious characters. So, of course, you know, um, the entire time... I hated the episode where they met Connie's mom and dad for the first time. I hated it because the entire time, Connie's mom is treating them as normal characters and stuff like that and she's you know she's basically commenting on what was that and stuff like that and trying to treat it normally and stuff like that but no normal person would react that way to alexandrite there's no way that they would normally react that 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 way you know there's a lot of things in the universe that bother me because of the fact that you know what the hell this is not normal now the only times that this would be because once again depending on how you view it it still basically fucks up and it still isn't right anyway if you make it so that the argument is the gems have been there for thousands and thousands of years, so the humanity is sort of aware, but at the same time, you know, they're aware of this sort of weirdness, but still, it's... It, what? It's still weird, regardless. It doesn't make sense. If they're sort of aware, then this should be common knowledge. That these places on Earth should be common knowledge and taught about. And that there should be entire professors of gem anthropology and all that shit. Okay? This is an entire thing that Pearl treats it as if she knows it and stuff like that and Pearl basically treats it as if humans should know this and yet at the same time nobody knows this why is this not a thing so I never understood that there's no government intervention when it comes to Steven Universe and government characters are also written in the same way where they're written so that they're completely ignoring the main characters and basically they're fucking themselves because they don't bother to handle or listen to the main characters and stuff like that or understand the magical characters 
and saying it's not that doesn't it's not going to work that way or that's not how this works and then the author, uh, the government characters are trying to be assholes and trying to put a shit in their own authority and say oh you don't know what you're talking about we know what we're doing and then when it fails it's the same thing it sucks i hate it it's been done countless times it's been done countless times and it, it does nothing else but to piss off the audience and be like the audience just looks at the uh, government characters and be like you don't know what you're talking about no, 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 no. I get it, but at the same time, it's been done so many times, and I personally just can't stand it in general, but still. In my story, when the government gets involved, the government doesn't get involved just to take over. The government gets involved to figure out what the fuck is going on, and if they can, they can t- uh, they will try to take this to their advantage, but they're not coming into this automatically knowing what they're going to do, or expecting, you know what you're talking about, kid, get us uh, stand aside. They're not, no, I fucking hate that, never will do it can't stand that idea throw it away so you know it's always just like i said it's always these random fucking things so of course i understand it but still and the other example that also bugs the shit out of me is even if the humanity has no idea of any of this then there's a lot of things that just don't make sense okay there's a lot of things that just don't make sense okay it's just like oh my god oh my god it's just oh my god it annoys the shit out of me Okay, so I get it. I love Steven Universe, but that's just personally one of my... Ooh, that shit annoys the shit out of me about Steven Universe. That's one of the things that annoys the shit out of me. But, like I said, family characters. Duh. Where are they? Now, unfortunately, a lot of TV shows don't really have it in any good examples of good family characters and stuff like that. My story does have lots of characters that do are actually members of families and stuff like that. And like I said, my characters or my family characters are aware of what their kids are doing. The kids ask permission, or not really permission, but they told them what they're doing. All of my characters are ages so that they can physically make the decisions on their own, okay? So they're all in positions that they're making these decisions on their own, and the only characters who don't know what's going on, it's basically not really a thing. It's not that the character, the, the parent character has authority because the character is too young to make a decision on their own. It's the character, it's that they already said that they don't agree with it or they don't want them to do this and the character still chose to do it anyway. So it's still a completely different context from what most of the time TV shows do it. Okay? Now, as I said prior, I still don't understand. I don't understand the idea that these characters, or not that these characters, but I don't understand the idea that these TV shows in question, I don't understand the fact that these TV shows in question will make it so that the audience or that these characters just don't get their parents involved and their parents are just completely unaware of this stuff, you know? In my story, or that they're completely written out of the story or they just don't care. In my story, the adults know and none of the adults in the story are soldiers. They're not going to be here on camera. They're off on They're off camera at home. They're in the same position as the uh, oh, like you know those soldiers in those TV shows and stuff. They got a loved one at home and stuff. They got a loved one at home, whatever. And you know they might have a picture of them in a locket and stuff like that. That's basically what it is. It's basically the same thing. All the parent characters are at home, living their lives the way they normally do, and they're patiently well kind of impatiently waiting for their children to come home with medals and awards and all kinds of stuff that's what they're waiting for they're waiting for their kids to come home they can't stop their kids from going to war but they can't at least wait there 
the character, the adult characters are too old to fight in the war, or they're not able to fight in the war. They never wanted to fight in the war, but they can't stop their kids from wanting to fight in the war as well. And that right there is the big fucking difference. Okay? So that's something that I wrote in my story specifically. So there is a reason for my adult characters for not being invested in the story or being there in the story. And they're not even gone the entire time. These characters are there. They're going to be seen. They're going to visit and see their children on the battlefield. Or not really on the battlefield, but in their bases. They're going to be there and see them and interact with them. But the fact of the matter is, they are still aware and trying to be supportive characters. And the characters themselves miss home. They constantly have these moments where they're missing home or they have emotions and other things like that. It's not that they're this role of this character all the time. These characters randomly have moments where they they randomly see something that reminds them of them. In the story, Bennett, of course, you know, Bennett ends up having a moment where she's, you know, in London. She's in London and ends up seeing a random woman, a random white woman with blonde hair, and immediately she's seeing the woman from behind as Bennett snaps her neck and looks at the woman. And immediately, um, when the team, when the woman turns around, she's like, oh, oh, yeah, um, and then the rest of the team was like, yo, you all right? And then she's like, hey, yo, have you ever had this moment where you see someone from behind and you think that that's somebody that you know, and then when you see them in the front, then it's like, oh, you know, and you really thought that that was them, even though you know for a fact there's no possible way that this person is here. And of course, they're like, oh, who did you see? And then she's like, I think I saw my mom. I thought I saw my mother, you know, even though I know for a fact there's no possible way she could be here, you know? And in another time, she also sees her father. This mainly happens to Bennett. It mainly happens to her because her whole life was around her family. So that's why it mainly happens to her. Another time, she ends up seeing a man from behind and then she really thinks, oh my God, dad? And then she like grabs him by the shoulder and then... The man is just like, oh, uh, is something wrong? And then she's like, oh, um, no, I, I just thought, I thought you were my father. I'm sorry. From behind, you look just like my father. And of course, so, uh, the person is just like, oh, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, you know, it, men- it mentions something around like, oh, if I was your father, I'll be very, very proud to have a daughter like you and stuff like that. You know, your father must be very proud. You know, whatever, whatever. But it mainly happens to Bennett because her fam- she's more family base kind of you know that's her fa- uh, her her main people in her life was her mom her dad her uncle and her cousins you know that was her thing and her grandma but yeah that was mainly her but michael also has it too because his family he was also mainly focused on his family so the other members of the team they don't really get this as much mainly because they're not family oriented the same way kai of course does have you know his family but still he doesn't really you know, he doesn't really get reminded. There's not really a lot of things that can remind Kai of his family. It's mainly just actions that are done. So the way that somebody touches Kai's shoulder, then it reminds him of his parents. But at the same time, it's not really, you know, it's not really a lot of visual things that are going to remind Kai of his family. You know, everything, you know, he can't see a boy and immediately think that's his brother because the boy doesn't have horns. You know, he can't think of his parents in any way because there's nothing that flashy that's that you know because his parents you know he has the three drag queens as his parents so 
there's nothing that flashy or that flamboyant in Earth society in the 14th century that's going to remind Kai of his family. The only time that might remind it is maybe Queen Elizabeth and some royalty, but even then, it's very... Not even. It's very old school. So that's not going to really remind him of his family very often. And Jainai, however, Jainai and Bawan both kind of have it when they're in Asia. Jainai has a lot of it mostly in any Asian country, but Bawan, however, gets most of it. It hits Bawan the hardest when they're in Japan, you know? And of course, he starts, but he really bonds with a lot of the Japanese humans because of the fact that Bawan is an ogre, and Je- ogre, ogres are, you know, a really positively viewed thing in Japan. So of course, you know, everybody basically views, um, everybody knows of what Bowan is. You know, Japan and the Ogre tribe have very close bonds. Okay, the same way um, uh, lots of other countries in the world have very close bonds with specific um, races and stuff like that. You know? So of course, that's also a thing. Specifically, Jainai actually has more of a relationship between Asia, or his people have more of a relationship between Asia, but the most popular ones that they have, of course, is actually um, Taiwan. Taiwan is actually the main one that, of course, is known for the uh, fairies. You know, fairies are mainly known for being on Taiwan and also a little bit of other Asian places as well. Mainly maritime places and stuff like that that are known for, you know, just being a tourist spot, you know? But those are the main places where the fairy kingdom is mainly associated with. And, of course, then there's the other kingdoms and stuff like that as well, you know? So, as I originally was saying, um, unfortunately, we are, we are hitting our time for this first part. So, we will be continuing. But, you know, let's just move on. Now, another thing that I also didn't get to mention. We're just continuing right off. The other thing I didn't get to mention was, of course, um, siblings. Siblings is also something that's used in storytelling, which is, you know, fine, it's whatever, but it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Because I don't really get it. A lot of times in TV shows and stuff like that, sibling characters are just complete assholes to each other and will go out of their way to be complete assholes to each other for practically no reason at all because there's always this idea that, oh, siblings are jerks, you know, and... You know, that's such a weird thing. I just don't get it. Or that siblings will never... One post I saw on Tumblr, I think. I think it was a Tumblr post, but I don't really know. But it's, it's this aesthetic that, uh, that siblings in TV shows will never apologize to each other unless it's something horrible, horrible. So the only time that they'll ever actually apologize is if they do something like they physically kill the husband of the character. But they're not going to do anything else. And even then, they won't even apologize. They'll just apologize and immediately move the subject away from it. As if that's a normal thing in siblings. And a lot of times when it comes to these random sibling interactions, it's very obvious to tell who the writer, if the writer actually had siblings. And sometimes what's even worse is actually if the writer really did have siblings. And they write it this way. It's like, what? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Michael and Jainai have a sibling relationship. In the sense that they're constantly always looking to each other for support in a sense. But not really in that kind of way. But the thing that bothers the shit out of me is the fact that a lot of TV shows just never really do it, you know? That they never really have this idea that these characters will have these kind of sibling relationships, you know? When they do have siblings, it's always very much the same relationship as Diary of a Wimpy Kid. You know the movie with Roderick and, uh, what was his name? Greg, yeah, Greg and Roderick. 
you know, their relationship was basically that, where the characters are assholes to each other for practically no reason and stuff like that. So I get it. This is kind of a good example of how it's, if you're going down that route, then this is a good example. You know, older brother, little brother kind of thing, older brother bullies, little brother, whatever. That's a good example of what it's supposed to be like. And this is one of the examples where the whole siblings being assholes to each other is actually good in a good use. But a lot of other times, it's mainly just other random situations for no reason at all. Like other TV shows that would just do it in the sense that these characters are just these characters, you know? That the sibling characters are just assholes for no reason. One example, of course, is Ben 10. I hated the sibling relationship between Gwen and Ben. Now, granted, they aren't actually siblings, but they still have the exact same relationship. And that relationship dynamic was applied to them regardless of the fact of whether or not that they're cousins. They are cousins, but they, they either way, that they still applied this sibling dynamic onto them, which did not make fucking sense. And I think that they completely sucked when they wrote Gwen. Gwen was the driest fucking character, the most unrealistic girl character I've ever fucking seen. Okay, because they basically, they wrote Ben like a boy, but even then they still kind of went with these stereotypes as what a boy character should be, you know? And then when they wrote Gwen, they basically didn't even bother writing her as a girl character. They just wrote her as a teenage girl character, you know? So all this other stuff that Gwen finds interesting are just random bullshit that it's like, oh, eh, girl, you can still be interested in this shit when you get older and nothing's going to change. The character dynamic does not change with your age. But if Ben does it when he gets older, then it kind of dyna- then it kind of changes the character dynamic. You know, and I, no, no, fucking Gwen is a shitty character. Okay, I think that Gwen is not a shitty person. I just think that her writing was kind of shitty. Okay, it's not really all that creative. Really not all that creative. <laughs> you could, you literally could have made it better if you just decided to write it so that Gwen was actually a li- girly, but at the same time, not that fucking girly. Or not even that fucking girly, just that much of a tight ass. She's just a complete tight ass that's just unrealistically tight ass, you know? So, of course, there's always this idea that girls are totally against anything that's gross in the world. But still, I don't think that that's, like... It's just weird. I don't get it. You know, the Gwen doesn't really like uh, getting involved in anything. That she's so mature and she has to be the most mature character. It's obvious that she's the mature one. I just don't get it. Because in my experience, girls are a little bit more immature than guys, kind of. So, why don't we ever see that, you know? Why don't we ever see the silliness and childishness of girl characters? Let girl characters be girl characters, you know? Why is it that Ben can get away with all this childishness, but at the same time, Gwen is always written as the important, mature one that is above these kinds of things and makes her the most boring piece of shit character in the world? I just can't stand it. I fucking can't stand it. You have no fucking idea. So, as I originally was saying, with the whole idea of, like, um... You know, with the whole idea that these characters are just like, these characters, I just can't stand it. So if you want to write sibling characters and stuff like that, make them actually siblings. Like, you know, not like, don't make them biologically related and stuff like that, but make them actually act like siblings. Use um, uh, Emily Blight, her family, specifically as an example. Edric and, uh, Edric and Emera. Yeah, Edric and Emera. I think it's Edric and Emera, or Edric and Emera, but whatever. I don't know how to pronounce his name. But yeah, those two, that's a really great example. They're assholes to Amity, but at the same time, they also are loving to Amity as well. They randomly mess with Amity just in random moments, where it's not even like it's supposed to be obvious to the camera that they're messing with her, but at the same time, it's just random moments. 
One moment that they're indirectly messing with her, of course, is when they're apologizing or mentioning that they're apologizing to her every day. So, of course, they get up in her face kind of just like in a cute little way as they're like, and we still apologize every day. And, of course, she has to push them away. Of course, that's a good example of just they're messing with her, but that at the same time, they're also showing off love. Or when she's talking to them, Edric, of course, begins to crouch down and, of course, uh, in front of Amity as Emma presses her body up against Amity, using Edric as a platform to crush Amity. So she's being crushed in between both her siblings as it's just completely not even without thinking. Like, they don't even say, it's not even without speaking. They do this without even speaking. So it's the fact, like, if anything, it was probably Edric's idea. He probably went into that position and immediately Emma saw what he was doing and immediately was like, Oh yeah, let's do it. And then she immediately just went into it. And of course, that's a great example. Or the moments where the characters are, of course, watching them. So of course, when Amity kisses Luz, you know, the siblings, of course, being like, oh, bold move. You know, like, they're just like, oh, wow. You know, so they're like secretly cheering on their little sister. So it's like, you know, that's what's amazing about it. You know, that these characters are being siblings and that's what siblings are supposed to be like, you know? So, of course, it, and I just love these two characters as a whole, you know, that they're just siblings throughout the entirety of the series with Edric trying to eat snow, um, with Edric saying, oh, let's say our deepest fears, one, two, three, and of course, he's all sad and stuff like that, so it's like, you know, they're all like siblings and stuff like that, the chaos of siblings, okay? So, of course, that's the thing as well, and it, it could seriously, if you do siblings correctly, it could seriously make you make a compilation. The goal of writing and stuff like that, or not the goal, but... You know, the goal of when you're making a TV show and stuff like that is, or my goal is, when I'm creating characters and TV shows and stuff like that, I want it so that my fans are going to make compilations of my show. I want my fans to uh, to take multiple moments of my characters in the series and be like, oh my god, here's a compilation of Kai and uh, Omito sharing a brain cell for 20 minutes. I want those compilations. And And if I don't get those compilations, I haven't done it correctly. You know, that's the goal. I'll know I made it when I get those compilations being made. So that's the goal. And of course, siblings is also something that's like, oh my god. You know? So of course, that's part of it. Leave Pepper alone. My brother is taking a little long fucking balloon and just like poking Pepper's ear with it. And you can see her ear twitching and stuff like that. And I'm just like, leave her alone. Like She's she's asleep. She's like laying down. Leave her alone. Look. I'll write that. Bitch! You lie again. Anyways, the fact that I was saying is stuff like that. Um, siblings, of course, as I said, is another thing that, like, when you do it correctly, it will seriously make you adore these characters and make you want to see more of these things. Because when you're writing sibling characters, I think the main goal that you should aim for is sibling characters sharing a brain cell for blank amount of time. You know, so the, uh, the chaos, because siblings are chaotic for like practically no fucking reason. Okay, a good example. <laughs> so, of course, you know, sibling characters are just chaotic for no fucking reason. Here's a good example of a chaos moment between me and my own sibling. I was cooking pork chops one goddamn day, and this motherfucker, I was seasoning the pork chops. Okay, and you already got that look. I was seasoning the pork chops, and of course, I was being nice. I was being nice. My brother was there, so I was like, you know what? Hey, you want to help me cook? And my brother was like, all right, fine, whatever. So my brother is basically helping me cook and stuff like that. So I'm teaching my brother how to season the thing. So I have the thing of adobo. It's this, it's this big uh, thing of seasoning. It's yellow seasoning. And my brother just grabbed it 
and then, uh-huh, yeah. And my brother just like, grabbed it and like was seizing and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, just, like, a little bit more. I, it, I The second I said a little bit more, my brother stopped. Like, literally, this is how it went. A little more. What if it just dumps the whole fucking thing on the pork chop? So now there's a little fucking mound of seasoning on a fucking pork chop. But it just pissed. It just sent me to a hundred right fucking there. Like, the way that he, like, he just did the most ridiculous sort of body motion to his left. Because he just leans to his left side. And I was like, what if we just went? And I just, like... He pushed, he pushed me at the same time. So when he did it, he pushed me. And when I looked back, I was just like, what the fuck are you? What the fuck did you? I was just losing it. I was losing my fucking mind. It just pissed me off so much. I had to scrape that shit off with a spoon. It was just, oh my fucking God. That shit pissed me off so fucking much. And I was yelling at my mother, get out of the kitchen. Just sit over there. Don't, don't even help me. God, what the hell? Why would you... Oh, and it was just like, cause I got, that's exactly how I sounded. My voice went higher just like that. Cause I was just so fucking, ah, it just pissed me off so fucking much. And I was losing my goddamn mind. Okay. And my brother over here laughing and shit. Cause he, every time I'm seasoning and oh my God, anytime I'm seasoning and my brother randomly comes up into the kitchen when I'm doing it, it reminds me of that time that he did that. And it pisses me off again. It doesn't even piss me off. It just makes me go, like... It's like I have PTSD because of this motherfucker. So every time that that happens and I'm seasoning something, I always grab the adobo and make sure it's in my hand when my brother is near me. My brother is not allowed to touch adobo at all. So, yeah, look at the ceiling, bitch. Look at where, like, yeah. Let me just look at the ceiling and not make a scene or something. Like an ass. So, of course, that's a great example of two siblings sharing a brain cell. My brother didn't have it at the moment, and because I had the brain cell, while he had the seasoning, he basically did an action without it, and then I basically just held on to it for the rest of the hour. Because I was mad for a fucking hour. But still, that's, of course, a great example of characters. That's, of course, you know, the, the chaos, just random moments where char- char- sibling characters just do not asshole things i don't understand the the aesthetic that these characters have to be complete assholes i don't get it why is it that you have to write your sibling characters as complete assholes to each other that do things that really a lot of siblings would not do or would be like okay that's too much and then after they do these asshole things the characters just never apologize ever okay and i don't know i don't want to say this but at the same time i don't know I don't know if this is just a white people thing. I don't know. I mean, with the amount of times I've seen it mainly done in white families on animated TV shows or just in TV shows in general, you would think that this is kind of just a white people thing. And it's like, okay, I guess. But at the same time, most of the shit would never... No, no, most of the shit would never fly in a a POC house, you know? So a lot of this shit, it just makes me... Just makes me think to myself, oh my God, how can you possibly... What? Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I seriously don't get it. Okay, there's very few shows that actually make it so that the characters are like... Or there's very few shows that actually do it in a way that makes it like, oh my god, you know? And then there's always this idea or this aesthetic of like... There's also this other thing. That's, it's another trope that's always done in animated TV shows too. Where it's a character or a cousin character or a baby character that's younger than the main character. And the baby character can do the most bad shit in the world. 
and the adults don't know that this is the thing and they blame it on the other character and stuff like that. So yes, this is common, but it's also so common that it's kind of getting boring to use and stuff like that. But where are the cool char characters? You never get to see these unconventional, because they're always written as unconventional characters, when in reality, they're kind of more often the more realistic parents. Let's be real. The characters who are always written as the unconventional parents are always the parents that are the most realistic, okay? They're always the most realistic parents and stuff like that. So the parent that basically, a good example of this is, of course, Good Girls. Good Girls has a very great example of more realistic parents, where these characters are basically, you know, they're trying their best, but at the same time, they're not perfect. So the idea of, like, um, one of the parents basically seeing that their child doesn't have, um, uh, or their child is basically wearing their shirt inside out or something like that, and backwards, the parent just says, oh my god, just fuck it, go, just go to school, you know, that's realistic. In other TV shows that more likely what you would see is the mother somehow goes through hell and back and somehow through the magic of parenthood the parent basically has all the kids fed all the kids dressed and they're all ready to get started for school some magical way and yet most of the time in real parents it's like that it's mainly the parents just say oh my god fuck it you know like it's just it's like these tv shows are basically trying to hold parents to the standard of like, this is what most parents do. Look how relatable it is. The stress of parenthood, but somehow you get it done. But that's, you know, I guess, yes, that is a good example of sort of representation, but that's not, you know, it's being done so much that you rarely get to see the other times. Another good example, of course, is that one show that my brother watches, Wrestler Girls. Glow, yes, Glow. One example of Glow, of course, uh, Glow is also a very realistic parent. I don't know which one was the one fighting for her custody. Which one? There was a parent fighting for her custody for her kid. No, that's Good Girls. Oh, shit. Then who was the parent? Oh, it was Good Girls. Okay, yeah, yeah. But who was the other parent? In, uh, who was the parent in, um, uh, Glow? Okay, so she was a parent with a kid, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that, those, both of those shows have good examples of what parenthood, not should be, but parenthood kind of is. You know, it's kind of the sad realities of parenthood and stuff like that. And it's also showing the realistic moments where the characters are actually there for their children and stuff like that and being a supportive role for their child. And that's something that you never really get to see. A lot of times in animation, it's either the parent is completely absent and they're completely unaware that their child is basically risking their lives to be the superhero of the day and all that shit, or they are, quote, supporting their child by giving them a random vague piece of advice that the, uh, the main character doesn't understand or pay attention to, and then somehow, magically, the enemy of the day ends up being some ba uh, basically another example of it. So it's this example, of, like, the parent basically says, okay, a good example. I'm making this up, but I bet you you've seen it. Ben 10 is having an issue because he lost his soccer game because no one on this team is working together. Okay? Nobody knows about working together and communication. So, of course, whatever. He, his parents tells him, blah, blah, blah. Communication, it's a really, really important thing. Whatever. You should learn to work into each other and talk to each other. Whatever. Then the enemy of the day somehow figures out a way to multiply themselves. So Ben has to work together with Gwen and they have to communicate and use the exact same lesson that the mom and dad characters gave Ben, but they did not, but Ben did not understand it when it originally was said. Even though it was, pro it was said in the most, most of the time it's either one of two ways also. The advice that the parents give is either the most confusing as shit advice so that the character doesn't get it and there's no way that they possibly would. Or it's basically the most obvious advice and the character is taking it as, I don't understand it, like, 
they're completely dumb and they don't understand basic fucking advice, or it's just they're completely ignoring it, or they're completely belittling or degrading what their parents are saying and completely ignoring it because they don't value what their parents are saying, okay? And then somehow, with the magic of the enemy of the day, because I call it the enemy of the day, because it's the enemy of the day, so with the magic of the enemy of the day, the enemy ends up having to teach or basically ingrain that lesson through Ben. So Ben gets hit in, like, Ben has to learn the lesson in a hard way. He has to learn it the hard way, so he has to end up losing the fight the first time. And then afterwards, he realizes, oh my god, we could be working together. Then, next time they defeat the enemy, the enemy didn't learn his lesson for the first time or something, keeps going, and then they end up defeating it using the lesson that the parents originally taught. Tell me if that hasn't been used a thousand goddamn times in animation. It's been, it's been used constantly. And it's basically to the point where it's basically the same goddamn TV show over and over again. I'm fucking around with these little rare balloons. My brother just threw at me for no fucking reason. I was doing an episode and you just threw it for no fucking reason. Okay, okay, okay. But okay, so that right there. I don't want the fucking balloon. Well, then what you want? A high five. You know what? And, uh, 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 the Owl House did that as well. The Owl House did that with Luz and Hunter. So when Luz was like, uh, "Are we working together?" and when Hunter took a minute, when she, uh, when Hunter put his hand out to grab Luz's hand, she immediately just combed it through her hands, and she was like too slow and then Hunter just when she ran away Hunter was just standing there just staring like literally he was just staring and then he just got so agitated cause like that's exactly sibling moments that the relationship between I love how they write Hunter and I love how they write Luz cause they're oh my god you know they're such well written characters I, they're part of the list of characters who I wish I wrote just the whole cast of the Owl House I wish I wrote them okay with Hunter burying himself because, you know, he's, like, digging for, um, uh, Titan blood, and then when they're just like, oh, wait, if there's no Titan blood, then why are you digging? And then he's like, oh, I was digging for Titan blood, now I'm digging my grave. And then he just buries himself, and he's like, you want me to dig you one too? You know, like, because he's like, oh my god, somebody help this poor baby. So that's, like, literally the thing about it. So I wish I wrote these characters, because they're done so well, Okay. It's also, not even that, it's also the dark moments as well. I want to see these darker moments for these TV shows and stuff like that. And have that these characters are part of this whole thing. One thing that, even though I don't like Ben 10 for a lot of reasons, Ben 10, uh, what is it, Omniverse or something? Omnitrix, whatever, whatever, the one when he was a teenager. That show, I'm not going to act like it doesn't have some good aspects. And one of the aspects, of course, was that fact that Ben... Throughout the beginning of the series, Ben constantly had these few moments where it kept hitting him, the reality of it, that him and Kevin are now friends, which is something that was wild to him as a kid. When Kevin was, uh, when you know, when they were kids, Kevin was evil and psychotic and, you know, crazy and stuff like that. So the idea that the same person who tried to kill Ke- uh, Ben when he was a kid is now best friends with him and allowing him to drive his car, you know, it's like... It's, you know, it keeps bugging Ben. It doesn't bug him, but it keeps hitting him and he keeps having to talk about it, you know? And of course, Kevin is actually really aware of it. And that even though it bugs Kevin that he doesn't really want to talk about it or think about it, he still humors Ben in the sense that he'll talk about it a little bit, but at the same time, not a lot. So I do like the character dynamic between Ben, Gwen, and Kevin. You know, that's something that I'm not about to shit on the show for. Other stuff, 
it's you know I probably have to rewatch it again to see if there's actually other stuff about it. I never was into it because I just didn't like it. But eh, I don't even know. It might actually be a really great show, but I don't know. I do acknowledge uh, the only reason I didn't like Ben 10, the teenager show, was because I didn't like the first one. <laughs> you know. So moving on. So of course there's always that as well. So of course you know siblings are never really written in the same way. So they're always asshole characters and stuff, which is agitating as shit. Okay? It is! It's so agitating. And then, another thing that's also about siblings as well is that, um, this isn't even a thing, it's grandparents. Grandparent characters, as I said, I already mentioned elders and stuff like that. But still, I, I just don't get it. I don't ever get to see it. Okay? Now, another thing that's also really, really agitating is the idea of these characters that are just never really associated to be important characters. Okay? Sorry. One thing that bothers the shit at... Are you having fun? I wasn't done, I don't want to keep going. <laughs> like, it was like, I could deal with it for a bit, and then like, it just kept going. I thought that you were doing it on purpose at this point. You can keep going, I'm just gonna keep talking over it. <laughs> I mean, just a conscious. Why don't you just pour it? Instead of digging through it like it's a bag of chips, just pour it. Pour it. The thing. The fucking uh, sunflower seeds. Just pour it in your hand. Agitating, like, oh my god. Thanks for the advice, but I, that's not what I was doing. I can't do that anyway. Bitch. Anyway. Sorry. As I was saying, um, siblings, of course. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, um, uh, the, uh, siblings that are never, or characters that are never really used. You know, and that's also another part of it that's, like, very fucking agitating. Okay, so when it comes to these kinds of moments and stuff like that, you never really get to see the the characters uh, comforting each other as well, okay? Another good example of a sort of sibling relationship that's actually done pretty well, actually, is Bolin and um, uh, Mako from Avatar Last... uh, No, no, Avatar Legend of Korra. And also Sokka and Katara from Avatar The The Last Airbender. Both of them have really, really good relationships of siblings and what they're like. With, of course, Sokka and Katara being silly with each other and, you know, basically sort of bullying Aang on purpose sometimes because of the fact of, like, come on, Aang, if, had you listened to me, you would have been all right, you know? Or we have to go out of our way to save Aang's ass because he wouldn't listen to us in the first place, you know? So, of course, that's part of their thing. And with Mako and Bolin, Bolin always has this thing of, like, being so energetic and stuff like that, and Mako always listens to him. Not listen to him, but he always gives him the chance. And of course, expl- it doesn't just immediately belittle him for his ideas, because Loki has a lot of bad ideas. But he always just lets him go on with his thing and then explains to Mako or tries to break it down to Bolin softly that Bolin's idea was a dumb idea. 
okay? Like, I love you, bro, but it's a dumb idea, okay? I'm not just going to tell you it's a, a stupid idea without explaining first why it's a dumb idea and why you're close or part of your idea is a good idea or it has good intentions, but that, that's not going to work, okay? So, of course, that's always the thing that I always liked about these two. You know, that they're always trying to do each other a good idea and stuff like that. And they're respecting each other's decisions and stuff like that. And Mako is always there to be sort of the parental character as well as a brother character as well. You know? And it's also very dependent on the situation between the characters as well. Okay? The, uh, that's another thing that's also part of it as well. Um, siblings don't parent each other, but they kind of do in a lot of different ways. Okay, so of course there's lots of different ways of like different characters that can go to other characters for advice, you know? So of course that's something that I never really get to see a lot of times in TV shows and stuff like that. And then there's also one more thing. There's just one more thing about sibling characters that bother the shaddy. Okay? Now, if the two characters in question are biological siblings and stuff like that, then, alright, fine, whatever. You know, then you have a case. But when it comes to two characters that are not biological characters and stuff like that, so that the two, because in shipping, some people will ship two characters that are siblings, like biological siblings, okay? So they'll write, uh, so in their own head, they'll write the characters as not siblings at all, you know? So when I see people who ship the two characters as, um, you know, the two characters themselves are biological siblings and stuff like that, and they ship them, I always assume, okay, you just like their aesthetic, you don't like the fact that they're siblings. You don't like that small detail you don't like. You just like the aesthetic of these two characters of how they interact with each other, you know? Personally, I like that aesthetic as well. I like that aesthetic as well, so that's why I write some of my characters in these kind of ways. But my characters are not biologically related at all. So I actually can write them doing stuff together, and I don't have to worry about the fact that they're related at all, you know? I personally just like the aesthetic of these two characters. The really, really silly one and the really, really um, uh, serious one. You know, so when I see people posting content about these two characters and stuff, I always take it as, okay, you just really like these aesthetic for these characters and stuff like that. Okay? So, of course, they just like this aesthetic rather than the actual pairing. or not the, They just like the pairing and the aesthetic rather than the actual small the details of it. Okay? So that's also other things about it as well. So when I see content like that, that's always my idea. Okay? And then there's also the other argument that when people make it so that um, these two characters themselves are, they're not siblings, they're not biologically related, but they grew up in the same place and they always were together at the same time. So when these two characters are in a relationship together, it basically is incest. And that is something that I never understood that case at all. I never understood that case at all because then it's always just like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, I understand that you're arguing that these two characters grew up in the same place and they're always the same, or that they're basically siblings and stuff like that, or they have a lot of sibling-like relationships and stuff like that. I understand that that's your intention and that's your argument, but at the same time, though, that's not the case every single time. These two characters are not related at all, so technically they can be in a relationship with each other and nothing's wrong. Another thing that's also to add to that is... If the writer specifically intended for them to always be this kind of thing, that means that they never saw each other, or that they do see each other in sibling-like ways, but at the same time, that's also a thing, okay? It's not illegal for you to see your wife as your sister, you know? It's not illegal for you to do that. I know that will sound very, very weird to certain people, but um, take my cousin, for example. My cousin and his wife, they're practic- uh, his wife is literally adopted into the family. Not literally, but basically she's adopted into the family, like... 
everybody knows that she's basically a member of the family already. Okay, before they even got married, she was living with them, and um, my my cousin's mother, my aunt, was already calling her, oh, that's my daughter, that's my daughter, she's my daughter, um, whatever, whatever, you know? It's basically to the point where if I hear them make a joke of, like, um, how the daughter or the, the wife, if I hear a joke about um, my aunt making a joke of, like, oh, you have my eyes, like, oh, like some random shit like that, or some random uh, joke about, like, how their quote that there it's like some assumption that they're biologically related i'm not gonna bat an eye like it's i'm not even gonna get that like if she literally starts uh because like if the wife starts acting or making a quote or even starts acting a certain way that reminds my aunt of someone else in the family she's gonna probably mention it and be like oh you probably get that from this person without even thinking that's never happened but if it happens i guarantee you it would not it would not cross my mind like it would not be a problem Cause that's literally how close they are. So of course that's part of it. I don't understand the idea that you it's illegal for you to sort of view your own family members or sort of have a chosen family within your own biological family. You know? Yeah, you could have an older brother. But does your older brother act like an older brother? Or does your older brother act like a little brother? Yeah, he's older, but he really doesn't act like he's older. So, of course, then in your, quote, in your head, your chosen family, your brother loses his, uh, on a technicality, your brother is a biological older brother, but at the same time, he acts more like your little brother. So, if he still acts this way around his friends, in their chosen families, they all identify him as the little brother, you know? So, that's another thing that's also kind of agitating about that as well. So, I get it. This is kind of a debate for other people. Remember, I understand both points of view. For me, it's very situational. It's very, very situational. Because I could argue... Sorry. I can understand your argument for this one pairing of characters, but I can't understand your argument in a different pairing of characters. Because once again, it's very, very situational. It's very situational based on the characters. It's very situational based on the situation... The situation of the characters they're growing up and all that other stuff and it's very situational based on how the writer intentionally designed these characters or intended these characters to be written as so once again i understand that's my thing i want you to understand that i understand both people's opinions i never form my own opinion on these things or i never state my own opinion on these things because i don't know i understand both sides of the argument okay i can't stand when people want to act like both sides of an argument are wrong. That one side of the argument is wrong and there's always a correct side. There is no correct side in an argument or in a debate. Okay? In debates, that's there is no correct side, there is no wrong side. It's just two different opinions. And at the end of the day, your goal is to try to persuade or explain why other people should be on your opinion or be on your side. But at the same time, you also have to be aware and open to other people's opinions on the same thing. So when it comes to, and this is part of the whole shipping war bullshit that I can't stand. I understand that people have lots of different opinions and all kinds of different views on these things. You can have that. You can have your opinions. That's fine. Please do not ask me about my own. I will explain it when I get there. But please, I know for a fact that I'm going to disagree with a lot of you. And you're a lot of you are going to agree with me. And a lot of you are not going to agree with me. Please note, these are just fucking opinions, and these are just random things that I personally feel about these random different pairings. Just because I feel this way about this one pairing doesn't mean I feel this way about the completely other parent who might be in the same exact situation, okay? Because I'm not gonna lie, some of these aesthetics I do like, and some of these aesthetics I can't stand, okay? 
So that is the reality. The reality of OD, um, Dirk, the Dirky, the, do I gotta throw something at your ass? Oh, please don't make me throw something at your ass. I gotta throw something at your ass. I gotta throw something at your ass. The, you might have to change the time. Because I made it, I put it at late at night. So probably it's like the afternoon that you're about to play. Like it's probably going to load you into the afternoon. Yeah, so just take a bunch of hours. You know, you know how to do it. Anyway, um, back to my thing, of course. With the whole thing and stuff like that. With the characters and siblings and shit like that. I will make it very obvious when the characters in my story, I make it very clear. Oh, you don't have to change anyone. No, but I make it very clear in my story when the characters identify each other as sibling characters. I will make that very fucking clear. Okay, so when the characters actually see each other as siblings, then fine. But still, that's not... Once again, I'm not going to flip out when people draw content of these two characters even though I wrote them as sibling characters. I'm not going to flip out or go crazy over it. Kai and Nathan view each other as sibling characters. But if people draw content of Kai and Nathan... What do you want me to do? One, I can't stop it. And two, even if I did have an issue with it, some people are into that kind of thing, hypothetically. You know? So, like, there's this whole joke of, like, what are you doing, step bro? Like, there's whole this, this whole fucking joke of step bros and stuff like that. Even my brother knows that joke. So it's like, duh. So, of course, I'm aware of it. But at the same time, please know, just because the people are sort of with this kind of content doesn't mean that this is some I- in our IRL kind of thing. So if certain people are into non-con stuff, don't expect them to be into it IRL and that they actually want the shit IRL. Anyway, so my brother is just like fucking showing me this stupid... They're playing Animal Crossing and um, they are basically um, uh, um, showing me this tree. I planted a tree. That's my money. That's my spot. That's my money. Penny. Anyway... What? what? Creep this shit. Bastard. Anyway, so, um, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so I planted, I, okay, my brother had this random money tree in the front of his yard, so I ended up taking the money from it, and my brother was just like, oh, okay, whatever. So I chopped it down as I was taking the money away from it, and then immediately my brother was just like, wait, I want a tree there. And then, of course, I was just like, all right, fine, I'll put a fucking tree there. So I put a pear tree there. And then my brother immediately says, I asked for a peach tree. And I was like, bitch, you never asked for a fucking peach tree. And then he was like, no, I asked for a peach tree. So I had to go back, plant a fucking peach tree there. Because my brother had some random argument of like, um, uh, if he has a peach, because I hate peach trees on my island. I can't stand them. I only want one peach tree on the whole island just so I can have it. But still, I can't stand peach trees. So I hate them because they look like ass. Like they look like butt cheeks in a tree. So I fucking can't stand them. So, of course, my brother wanted it, and he was like, oh, I want one. Why didn't you put it in my yard? Why do you want one? Oh, maybe it'll get me, help me get ass. And I was like, are you fucking serious? Get the fuck. Oh, my God. Like, fucking hate those things. I hate peach trees. Fucking hate them. Like, oh, my God, I hate them. Okay, I seriously... Huh? Now, I fucking hate the peach trees. I can't stand them. So, going back to what I was originally saying. I think actually we're done with the sibling part, so we're gonna move on. And then there's kids, okay? Children. That is, of course, the next part that we're gonna be doing, all right? And then we'll wrap up the episode and then we're done, okay? So I did mention grandparents in this episode too, because duh, parents are grandparents. Grandparents are parents, you know, so duh.
right, hey, this is um, me just adding this little bit because this episode was basically finished, and um, I was supposed to do another part of it for children, and unfortunately, the part that I did do for children ended up fucking up, so it just pissed me off to the point where it was just like, oh my god, because I basically was trying to do this single part for... I tried to do it two times, and then it kept deleting after every time, so it was like, oh my god. And then it was just like, I, I basically got tired of it, so I ended up doing two whole episodes after the fact. So I'm just making this uh, this outro, in a way. So yeah, if anything, I'll probably just uh, do it again. Or just that single bit where we're talking about children. I'll probably do a single bit about that um, another day and like talk about it as well. The quick version of it, without all the extra details, if you want more of the extra details, then you'll have to wait, but the quick version of it is that, like I said earlier um, in the episode, that a lot of characters, or a lot of role characters, children are the main main ones that get this kind of thing in animation, specifically. So, children are the main ones that get put into these little, or not really put, but they're the main ones that get these little um, role characters, where the role itself comes to life, okay? Specifically with the nerdy character, um, the bully character, um, the super smart inventor kid character, the prissy um, girl that, like, can't do anything wrong by any of the adults, but all the other characters know that she's actually evil or some shit. You know, like, these are just sort of little roles that there's nothing else special about the character besides this. And, of course, these little character roles are mainly put onto children, specifically. The nosy little kid, the annoying weird kid, or just the annoying kid, the hyperactive one. You know, there's so many different little kids, characters, that are constantly being put into these movies and things like that. Not movies, uh, TV shows and movies mainly, but yeah. Just an animation to the point where it's just like, oh my god, you know, that these, you know, it's just not, it's not that it's really uncreative, it's just that we constantly see these characters being used, or not really that they're constantly being used, it's more of the fact that there's nothing else going for the kid character. The character's own sole existence is just to be this role, and of course, that's something that really, really bugs me. So, um, this is basically it, this is our, also our outro. If I want to go, um, we might do another one, or, you know, I might actually continue with this, and I might actually go more with it on another day, but this is as far as I'm getting, because I don't want to keep talking about this for, like, the fourth goddamn time in the same fucking month, okay? So, yeah, I will do, I will continue the episode and stuff like that, but I won't be continuing this specific episode, or not specific episode, but I'm just not going to repeat myself for the fourth time, because the audio keeps fucking up, Okay? So, I will be talking about this, but we will, we'll just acknowledge it in a completely different episode, alright? Anyway, thank you for listening, and I technically am about to do another episode right now, but um, I have two other episodes that I'm basically sort of just editing and stuff like that. Techni- also, the numbering might be a little off, I'm not entirely sure. Technically, I recorded this episode first, then the artist to artist, and then the other episode. I think the other episode came first, though. So, yeah, or, no, no, I did the small episode first, then this, no, no, I did this, then small episode, then artist to artist, but this is more likely going to be after artist to artist, I'm gonna post it afterwards, solely because it's that fucking frustrating and that fucking agitating, I know that you're probably, uh, looking, I know that you probably were looking forward to listening to character families and stuff like that, like I originally mentioned, 
but yeah, sometimes like I change the, I change, I'm just going to say the curriculum, I change it or I change the scheduling of which episodes go where solely because of whether or not I'm in the mood to talk about that thing, but also whether or not the episode itself frustrates the shit out of me, you know? So yeah, um, yeah, that's just it. Anyway, but yeah, thank you. And uh, I guess I will see you guys in the next episode.